Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. This year, God spoke to us very clearly with the word of the Lord and uh, in, in reference to the direction he was going to take us. And it's a year that we, we talked about, you know, that we're, we're driven by the power of the Holy Spirit. That you, if you're not driven uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, not driven with desire, uh, you're probably not going to be able to walk in the things that God has, has prepared for you. And he, he talks about the fact that, uh, you know, if you'd say this mountain be thou removed and not doubt on your heart, but believe those things that you say. One translation is you, that you believe those things that you desire. You have to have a desire for something to take place in your life. I find a lot of people go through life and they have no desire. It's, they're just going through the motions and, and they're just doing things, but they don't really have, if you talked about, okay, well, what is your, I love it when I talk to people like this, what is your five-year plan? And they go blank. And I go, okay, then tell me what is your two-year plan? What is your year plan? What is your week plan? What are you going to do tomorrow? <laughs> because most people do not have that. And, but this year, God really spoke to us about the fact that we need to be driven with purpose and we need to be driven into areas that, that we know that God has spoken to us. Because I am a firm believer that God speaks to every individual. Whether you are saved or not saved, God's voice is still speaking to people. And that's important that we understand that. And it's what we do when we hear the voice of the Lord, how we respond to that. And as we talked about this earlier in the song we just sang about the blood of Christ, that we believe in that without the blood of Christ there is no forgiveness. Without, without Jesus Christ that shed blood on the cross, you or I could never stand in the presence of God again. But because of the shed blood, we can stand in his presence. Because of the shed blood, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Because of the shed blood, we can declare that we're, we are children of the Most High God. So we, we thank God for that. But, it, but what is the purpose of that? What is, what is the purpose of salvation? other than to be able to be a witness of Christ, but in that purpose of being a witness for Christ, how is your witness seen? How is it identified? When people look at you, what is the witness that you have in your life that causes them to realize, wait a minute, God has his hand on their life? And that comes back to our purpose in life, and we've talked on this many times before, but our, our purpose in life is the reason for why we are in this world. And not everyone is called to be if you will, a preacher or a singer or, or any of those things. But we are all called to be a witness. And he says in Matthew, by our good works, that people will see our good works and they'll glorify God. Which means that I've got to find out what am I good at? What is it that I do that make, makes me happy, makes other people happy, and I can, I can be, have provision in my life and take care of my family? What am I good at? What, what is it? That a lot of people are doing stuff they're not, not very good at. And they're not really happy about it, but they're doing it to, get, to survive. Well, I was, I, listen, a long time ago, I made up my mind, I'm not a survivor. Come on. I don't treat me like a survivor. I'm not going to live like a survivor. I'm not on an island somewhere when somebody can find me. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. We are the children of the Most High God. We have incredible promises that are given to us. And he says over in 1 Peter, he says that in verses 3 and 4, he says through, the, through, the, we, through great and precious promises, 
We partake of God's divine nature. Now, it's important we see that. Through the promises of God's word, we partake of his divine nature. I'm born again. I'm spirit-filled. I, I, I love God. But how do I live in that, in that presence of the, in the nature of God? It says through great and precious promises, I am now partaking of his divine nature. And I am escaping. I love what it says there. I'm escaping the corruption that is in the world through lust. I'm escaping the decay that is in the world. That word lust there means through that which causes you to be inconsistent with God. We've tried to make lust simply a, almost a sexual kind of a thing, but it's not. Lust is anything that you desire more than God. Anything that will tempt you to walk away from God. Anything that will tempt you not to live righteous before God. He says, but when we get in his great and precious promises, we partake of his divine nature and we escape that nonsense. Someone says, how do I overcome my problem? Get in the word of God. It's so easy, but we make it so difficult. You say, what do you mean, Bishop? Well, of course, you know, you've heard me say this too many times from the pulpit. That majority of Christians, over 90, 90 some percent, have never read their Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And they wonder why the healing lines are so long. Because they're not partaking of God's divine nature. They're escaping nothing because they don't have the precious promises in their heart. Hide the word of God in my heart that I might not sin against him. The word of God becomes a light and a lamp unto my feet and to my pathway. The word of God will wash me as water washing and cleansing me. God says, I watch over my word to perform it. It will not return to me void. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done. And you're wondering, how do you get driven? Get in the word of God, which will activate your gift so now your good works will glorify God. The word of God will lead you. It will guide you. It will direct you. It will correct you. Praise God. So many people want hands laid on them. You don't need hands laid on you. You need the word infused in you. Praise the Lord. Now, this is not my message today. I'm just trying to get you set up. Because we want to go back to the word of the Lord for the year, driven. And as we go into this today, hopefully I think it will show you some of these things in a different light. God spoke to us this year in, in the driven side of it. And he said, you are, have to be a person this year that as you are driven, you have to learn to take ownership. You have to learn to take ownership of things. And that's in a lot of areas. It's, it's spiritually, it's mentally, it's physically, it's, it's my personal identity. i got to take ownership of my position in Christ. I have to take ownership of, of my walk with God. I, I got, I got, it's, it's mine. It's, nobody else's. It's mine. And how I live it is based upon me. You know, you can run across the street or you can go to the corner and push the button and wait for it to tell you to walk. But either way, you've made a decision how you're going to cross that street. And you've got to understand, when you take ownership of something, that means it's your responsibility. And this year, God said we are to learn how to take ownership. Own the words you speak. Own the marriage that you're in. Own the job that you work on. Own the home that you live in. Own that which God has told you to possess. You've got to take ownership. And ownership doesn't come because all of a sudden I want to buy something. It comes from me first starting right here. Let me learn how to operate in ownership right here. It's not enough to participate. You have to own it. 
And as we looked at that this year, the text scripture God gave us was in, over in the book of Joshua, chapter 14, verses 6 through 15. If we could put that up on the screen, please. It says, The children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. Now, underline that part. You know the word the Lord spoke to me. The word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me. You know that word. Somebody Tell somebody, you've got to know that word. That's ownership. I can have an idea of something, that doesn't mean that I know it. A lot of Christians have great ideas, but they know nothing about nothing. And then we wonder why we're in the mess we're in a lot of times. And that's not a negative against the body. I blame it on the preachers because we have evidently haven't done the job we should have done. So I'm not laying it at your feet. I lay it at my feet first. And I made up my mind my latter is going to be greater than my former. I'm going to see more people saved, more people healed, more people delivered, more people blessed than in the last 10, 15 years of my life than I haven't in, in, in the other 70 years. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, Kenizzite, said to him, you know that word. Next verse. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant, the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. There again, too, there's that terminology word. What did I bring back? I didn't take, bring back what my eye, my natural eye saw. I brought back what my, my, my spiritual man was saying to me. See, when I went there, I had the word. When I come home, I still have the word. Nothing has changed with the word. It doesn't matter where I am. We always say, well, you know, if I was in that area, if I was in that, you're in a better place than I am. No, you're not. No, you're not. If you got the word of God, you can be in the middle of a desert and grow stuff. Praise God. I got the word of God. I know God told me. God told me to be here. He's never going to leave me or forsake me. He's going to have to do something really supernatural for me to live in this desert because he didn't call me just to survive. He called me to, to have ownership. Glory to God. Next verse. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people to melt. But holy, I follow the Lord my God. I wholly follow the Lord my God. I didn't care what other people said. Look at this. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with, listen, you got some people who come to church with you today, they're not going to be with you a month from now. You got some people that are shaking your hand and hugging your neck and kissing your cheek and blessing your name, that tomorrow they're going to be talking about you. Quit worrying about what the brethren are doing. I, I love that be hugged, but I don't live to be hugged. See, if you're living for God, you can get hugs anywhere. It's not based upon what the brethren said. It's based upon what God said. Praise God. And there's always people who run up to you right in the middle of you believing God for something. They go, you sure? Really? What do you mean am I sure? Now they get to get you talking about it. Don't talk to people about stuff like that. Just look at them and smile. I have to respond to that. My, my, my. Look at this. Next verse. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot is trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. It's going to be yours because you didn't look left or right, because you didn't change the word, because you followed me, you didn't follow men. Next verse. 
And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said. Well, I think about that. Mm. 45 years, even ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses. Let, let, me, let me go to something real quick here, just to deviate for a moment. We, in the first book we ever wrote, the last chapter is a man with a vision cannot die. And I know that goes against the grain with a lot of people. They don't want to hear that because they got loved ones who went to home to be with the Lord. And I get it. But I'm telling you, if you got a word from God that you're supposed to do something and you've kept it in your heart, he said, I'm 85 years old. But I didn't change the word. I didn't listen to the brethren. And I followed God. I didn't change the word. I didn't listen to the brethren. And I followed God. And I'm as strong today. My God. I'm as strong today. We're going to be making some changes this coming year. And Pastor Sean and Aaron are going to become the senior pastors of this church in January. But not because I'm old. That's right. Had someone other day to me say to me, well, you know, you're, you, you put a lot of years in. You, you deserve it. I said, I'm not going to rest. What is wrong with you? I got a mountain to claim. I got, I got some giants to deal with. I got some stuff that they thought that I forgot about them. No, I'm coming back. I mean, it, it boggles my mind, you know. Yeah, listen, I'm 72 years old, and I'm as strong today as the day I started this ministry. I, I, I feel like I can go in and come out just as well as I ever could. And, and it's not, I'm not making change because of age. No, 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 no. That has nothing to do with it. I said that has nothing to do with it. I'm making change because I've got to get some stuff completed before I finish this run. God spoke to me when he called me to ministry. He gave me a number of things to complete. I've not finished those. In order to focus on those and get them finished, I've got to make changes. Oh, some of you will get this in a minute. Praise the Lord. And behold, the Lord has kept me alive. He said 45 years, even since the Lord spoke the word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. My God. Can, and I'll be honest with you, I don't mean it's ugly, but I feel a little bit like that. I feel like I've been walking around with some people that they just don't understand. We've been through some wildernesses, and all they can think about, well, we're in the wilderness. It was better back in Egypt. We were better at 1500 North State Road 7 than we are now. We were a lot closer. We were a real family at 1490 Banks Road. Boy, I had some really great times there. Sad. That's your best times? That's your best times? I got news for you. As you look around, as you look around here right now, this is not it. The moment this becomes it, you can forget your future. No, 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 no. I'm as strong today as I ever was strong. I'm not making changes because of, of age. I'm making changes because of purpose. Glory to God. Next verse. 
And yet I'm as strong this day as of the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now my strength for war, both to go for going, going out and coming in. Whew. Next verse. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Of which the Lord spoke in that day, for you heard him in that day, how the Anakims were there, and, and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord. Come on. As the Lord what? Said. Next verse. And Joshua blessed him, gave Hebron to Caleb and the son of Jephunneh as an inheritance. Next verse. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite of this day, because, to this day, because he wholly followed what? The Lord God. Now, I won't read the next verse. I won't need to. But I also want us to see something here. If you, if you go through this passage, and we're going to go look at some other things, how he got to this place, everything he said was the word, ignore what critics say, and follow God. Why? Because the Word gives you the empowerment to partake of God's nature. Not listening to critics, but believing every word that proceeded out of the mouth of Jesus, believing Him rather than men, means that you're on solid, stable ground. You cannot, and the winds will come, the rains will come, but the rock will not be moved. Praise God. I said, praise God. Let's go back over. Let's look over to the book of Numbers, chapter 13. Let's go back to where he came from for a moment. Again, I'm not teaching yet. I'm just trying to plow in the dirt right now. No seeds yet. <laughs> look at the verse 1, chapter 13. The Lord spoke to Moses. Oh, man, here he goes again, God's, God's word again. He spoke to Moses saying, next verse. Send me to spy out the land, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their families. You shall send a man, everyone, a leader amongst them. Now, why I wanted to read that verse, and we'll go to some other verses here in a moment, but the reason I want to read that verse is that sometimes you're around leaders who don't understand what God is saying. And just because a leader in position says something, it doesn't mean it's necessarily what God is saying. It's what they said. And you've got to examine what God says. And whatever that leader's saying, if it doesn't reflect what God's saying, I don't care who they are, quit listening to them, including me. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God and what God has said, then don't listen to it. we got leaders today that have been leaders for years that are changing their theology. Oh, I preached this years ago to burn my books, throw away my tapes. It's all wrong. I'm not listening to you at all. Are you kidding me? What does the Word of God say versus this nonsense? Oh, I see. You're trying to recapture the audience you lost. I got it. Change my theology to accommodate my tragedy so I can at least look good. I think, I think there was a king in the Bible here today. His name was Saul. Just so he looked good in front of the people. 
I'll move on. Unless I get into something I have no business and my wife will correct me and I'll have to ask God to forgive me. <laughs> verse 17, let's go to verse 17 here. Chapter 13, verse 17. We can pull that up. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up this way into the south and go up into the mountains. Now here's what I want to point out is, first off, he had a word from God. Number two, he sent them out not to change what God said, but to begin to identify and see the witness that what God said was true. Praise the Lord. Now sometimes when God begins to move, we can almost get overrun. We don't realize that, but we can. We, we, we get intimidated when the fire of God's moving sometimes in such a way. But watch what happens here, because we're going to, like I said, we've got to build this, this thing today that, that, that we're traveling into. Go, go, to, go to verses 25 through 33 now. We're going to read verses 25 through 33 in the same chapter. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now, they did what God told them to do. They did what Moses told them to do. And they went with a word from God to be able to bring back a witness that what God said was true. Stay with me now. They returned. So now they return. Next verse. Now they departed, came back to the Moses and Aaron and all the congregation, the children of Israel, the wilderness of Haran and Kadesh, and they brought back word to them, to all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. Next verse. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly, <laughs> it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Next verse. Nevertheless, don't you love it? Uh, man, I'm telling you, here we go, church. <laughs> Nevertheless. Everything God said is true, but. It, it fascinates me. The people who dwelled in the land were strong. We God told them, it's, it's a great land. Let me ask you something. If God sent you to a place that was supposed to be all that, and you got there and the people were living in poverty, would you be excited? No, they had to know when they got there, everybody's going to be living like kings. Everybody's going to be living high on a hog, if you will. I'm from North Carolina. You understand what I'm saying. The cities are fortified, very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak are giants there. Next verse. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell in the sea, and along with the banks of the Jordan. Next verse. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. He said, let's go up at once and take possession, for we are well able See, when you're a part of the family of God, it doesn't matter if you're cleaning the toilets or you're preaching the message. If you're singing the song or you're shaking the greeter's hands, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if, if you have a job that pays you a million dollars a year, you have a job that pays you $5 an hour. All of that is immaterial. Because number one, God's going to bless every one of his children. God's going to meet every one of your needs. God's going to make sure you go what you have necessary to fulfill purpose and destiny in your life. That's who our God is. But you've got to remember something. Keep the word in your heart. Holy, follow the Lord and ignore 
the double-minded brethren. Next verse. But the men who had gone up with him said, We're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Wow. Next verse. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land. How do you give them a bad report of the land? Look at these grapes, man. How, you know, it, it's, it's like our, 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 our politics today. They, they tell us one thing, but when we see the truth, it's nothing what they're saying. And I'm not here to be political, but it's just it's a joke. What we see in our, in our, our country today, in our, our, what's on TV today, is a joke. $65 million a day we spend on oil we buy from Russia, and we're in war with Russia. What's wrong with us? But I don't believe that because, you know, I didn't like Donald Trump. Donald Trump has nothing to do with it. It's people. And I don't care if you're Republican. I don't care if you're an independent. I don't care if you're a Democrat. This is nuts. Don't tell me you see two million people come across our border and our border is secure. Oh, come on. These guys are doing the same thing here. See, it's nothing new under the sun. I got grapes, a clump of grapes that takes two men to carry. And we hear, hear what they're telling them. The land, it's just not any good. It's a bad report for the land. I'm going to give you a bad report on this land. I know that what you plan is going to grow like crazy. I know you're going to have more than you can. But it's not good because there's people there that we don't like. They look bigger, badder, and stronger than us. And, you know, we, we're just used to living in the desert anyway. That's another problem we got in the church. We got people in the church that don't know how to walk in blessing. You lived in the desert so long, you don't know how to be blessed. So you justify your inadequacy rather than celebrating what God wants to do with you. That's another story. The land through which we have gone and spies in the land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. <laughs> I've lived with that my whole life. <laughs> Everybody's bigger in stature than me. I'm sitting there with Oral Roberts and oh, are you? He's six foot four. You guys, you don't understand. It don't matter how big they are in the natural. The last time, listen, it's what's in you. It's not what's outside you. Next verse. Let me, I, I could. Mm. Then we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, they came from the giants, and we, we were like grasshoppers. Watch this now. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, so we were in their sight. What you see yourself, as you see yourself, is the way others will see you. As you see yourself, then that's the way others are going to see you. As my mama used to say growing up, we fake it till we make it. I remember we went through a season in which they had taken their money and given to some, some needs in some other areas, and we were living on macaroni and cheese. You could buy those little boxes, you know, for 12, 14 cents. And then people still try and get me to go to their house and eat macaroni and cheese. Really? No, I passed that a long time ago. That, 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 was, that reminds me of where I came from, and I ain't going back. So you can enjoy it. And there's nothing wrong with it. My wife loves macaroni and cheese. 
And they'll eat it in front of me all the time. And it's always, they, they got, I love it, they got lobster and mac. <laughs> Little leaven, leaven of the whole bread. How you see yourself is how the enemy's going to see you. Next verse. Let's go to the next verse if we can, please. Let me get there. That's it. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm so carried away with this thing. Let's go now to the 14th chapter. So shall all the congregation lifted up their voices. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night because it's so bad. It's so bad. We ain't got enough grapes to go around because the little clump they brought back, and these guys have already got it. And that the way it is, the leaders who brought back the clump of grapes, I'm sure they didn't share them with everybody. That's another story, too. Next verse. All the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. If only we had died. In the wilderness. Next verse. Why has the Lord brought us to this land? Am I missing something here? Moses gave a word to Caleb and them only because the word of God had been rejected by the other ten. Only Caleb and Moses accepted the word. The others rejected the word. See, when you reject the word, this is how you see yourself. When you reject the word, it creates division. When you, when, when you reject the word of God, it causes you to complain about what God's saying through the men of God who have received the word of God. There's people right now this year saying, this year is not a year of possession. This has been the worst year of my life. Well, so be it. As you see yourself, so will you be. And by the way, the year's not over. He can do it in a month, what you, you haven't been able to do in the last eight months. Would it not be better for us to, re let, let's go back to the way of, do you re really remember the way that it was? I mean, can you, can you really picture, can you go back to that, that place? Folks, I'm telling you, where I came from, I ain't going back. And I had a great family. I had a great family. I didn't grow up in a broken home. I grew up in a loving family. I had a mom and dad who loved us. They didn't have no money, but they loved us. Next verse. So they said one to another, let us select a leader in return. Let's find somebody that will take us back to what we were delivered from. Oh, God, help me. I want a leader that will take me back. Next verse. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation. You know what's amazing to me? That in the midst of all of this animosity, in the midst of all of this anger, in the midst of all of this, this, this perception which was wrong. See, perception, it, it will create direction, good or bad. That perception does. As you perceive something, it will create your future. 
So their perception has gotten skewed. They've gotten away from the word of the Lord. They no longer have it in their heart. They're now listening to the, to the people of the mixed multitude. Again, which has kept them, keeps them in the desert for 40 years, that mixed multitude. And they're saying to them, Let, let's get this leader, and, and, and let, let's get a new leader. And, and in the middle of all this, look at this, it's, it's amazing to me. Moses, Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly. They humbled themselves. He said, hey guys, I mean, I, you know, a true leader is not trying to be the boss. A true leader is never trying to be the boss. Their influence is not about making somebody do something. It's about inspiring people to do something. Next verse. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. Next verse. And they spoke all the, to all the congregation, the children of Israel, saying, The land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good. Boy, that's a different report. Good land. Next verse. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Next verse. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. The question you have to ask yourself is, what was the assignment? See, if you're going to be driven, and you're going to take ownership, then you've got to decide, what, what is my purpose? What is my assignment? Why am I here? What, what is my life supposed to mean? Not just relationship with just surviving, but in relationship to causing others to come to the knowledge of Christ, causing others to see the goodness of the Lord, to causing others to realize that, that, that God is a good God, He loves them, He wants to bless them, to help people begin to move into a dimension they've never moved into before. And the church has got to quit just saying, I'm coming to church so I can hear the Word. No, I come to church so I can hide the Word of God in my heart so when I go out there, I can bring change to what I live in. People are crying for people to give them answers to the things that they're hurting with today. They're, they're hurt, the people are hurting so much in our world, mentally, emotionally, uh, as well as other areas. But, but spiritually, we're in trouble. And the church has got to shake themselves one more time and say, listen, we, we, we've got to, we cannot allow this. We're going to be the standard. We're going to draw, up the, the, we're going to draw the line in the sand. We're not doing this anymore. We are who God said we are. We're going to change the world in which we live. We're not going to tolerate this. And I'm not going to do it by getting in some march. I'm going to do it by getting on my face, getting the word of the Lord, following God, and let God use me to be a witness. You want to stop abortion? I know it sounds weird. Just stop voting about that. Just start praying about it. What would happen if you got so caught up with what we're reading here, the Word of God, in this dimension, if you got around people that were contemplating divorce, the conviction of God would follow them in such a dimension they wouldn't go get it done. God does what we can't do. 
See, this thing we got to understand, we've tried to be God. Oh, come on, folks, stay with me on this. If, somebody, if some lady says, I'm having an abortion, I can't stop her from having an abortion. I, I can show her every video of all of the sonograms. I can do anything I want to. I can tell what the Word of God, I can tell all the above. But we, she needs the presence of God to touch her. Whoop. Oh, wait a minute, I need to look at this thing a little bit differently. The fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. We spent more time in politics than we have in kingdom business. Stop it. We can change this world if we believe what God said about us. If we wholly follow the word of the Lord based upon our purpose and destiny. What is our assignment? In Genesis, Adam and Eve had an assignment. What was their assignment? It, it, it says in, in Genesis 1 and 28, it says, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and walk in dominionship. There's your assignment. Fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, walk in dominionship. What is he saying? Be fruitful, multiply. Why? Because without the sowing of a seed, there is no ownership. You're going to have to put something in in order to take ownership of something. Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, God, God, God gave them instructions. He says, when you put in a garden, I want you to tend it, maintain it. I want you to guard it. But do not eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Do not, just don't eat the tree. You've got an assignment. Your assignment is to be fruitful, multiply, replenish, and subdue, walk in authority. And so tend the garden, guard and protect it, but don't touch my tree. But an act of disobedience, what does it do? Chapter 3, verses 1 through 14, we see the act of disobedience. Disobedience is a road to compromise. Compromise will disqualify you from ownership. Disqualification will separate you from purpose. Separation from your purpose will alter your ability to possess. I'm going to read that again. They can put it up on the screen. Disobedience is the road to compromise. This, a compromise will disqualify you for ownership. Disqualification will separate you from purpose. And separation from your purpose will alter your ability to possess. Simple things, folks, but it's true. 2022 is a year to take ownership and possession of your heritage and your dreams. He said, I've given every one of my children the word of the Lord for this year. I've given them the power of my spirit to operate by. They bring with them assignments, instructions that will show you how to be driven into ownership and possession, your purpose and destiny. You have to be disciplined in your pursuit. I know I'm covering some ground, but I'm getting ready next week. We're coming back into this subject of ownership. But I'm trying to lay this foundation, and I know we've been a little lengthy. I'm going to finish up here pretty quick. Abraham was driven by promise. So you have to be disciplined in your pursuit. So what happened is Abraham was driven with a promise. God gave him a promise. I hate it when people say, well, every promise in the book is mine. Why don't you live like it? Why is it you sing today that and then you go tomorrow and you gripe and complain and swear and get mad? And you, whoa, whoa great divine through the word of God the, the promise great precious promise of God you partake of his divine nature so if every promise in the book is yours and you're possessing the promises then you're doing pretty good if you're going to be driven to do what God's called you to do you got to be like Abraham he was driven by promise Isaac was driven by his inheritance God said that as a son <laughs> 
all the earth is going to be blessed through me. Glory to God. Jacob was driven by a promise and a vow he made to God. If you bless me, 10% of everything I've got is going to be yours. Everything. I don't believe in tithing. Okay. Joseph was driven by a dream. He was driven by a dream. Because he was driven by the dream, when he was lied about, he didn't, the dream did not change. When he was thrown in the pit, the dream did not change. When he was sold into slavery, the dream was not changed. When he was accused of sexual impropriety, the dream did not change. When he was thrown in the dungeon, the dream did not change. When he was forgotten, the dream did not change. And because he gave itself to the dream, the dream finally had to come back and give itself back to him. He was driven with a dream. What are you driven by? What makes you wake up in the morning and sleep well at night? Hmm. Moses was driven by a burning bush encounter. Joshua was driven by instructions for success. Caleb was driven by a word given to him from Moses. Jesus was driven by the love of his father. The common denominator and all that, they had faith in the word I said they had faith in the word of the Lord. You have got to have faith that this is your season. This is your season that you can possess your mountain. This is your season you can take ownership of what God has promised you. This is your season that dreams are going to come true. This is your season that the giants in the land are going to fall before you. This is your season. And that is the word of the Lord. Abundant life family, the driving force to take ownership and possession is found in this foundation scripture. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, John 10, 10. The hope and the belief in the message in Psalms 27, 13. I would, have, I would have fainted if I had not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, I normally would have just fallen by the wayside. But you know what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. The word of the Lord's in me. So I got to believe to see the goodness. But it don't look good right now. I'm losing everything. I'm looking for the goodness of the Lord. Maybe you're in the pit as, Mo, as Joseph was. I don't know. Maybe you've been in the lines then. I don't know. Maybe they, 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 your, your children, you lost your children. I, I don't know. That, that, that's what happened to Job. I'm not saying bad things are not happening. I'm saying, though, I don't care what happens. I'm believing to see the goodness of the Lord in the land. Of the land. I can't change because I don't know what's in the heart of other people. But what's in my heart is the word of the living God. And therefore, I'm holding on to that. I don't care if there's giants in the land. I don't care if there are walled cities. I, I don't care. I don't care if the economy is 8.1% inflation. That does not make my decision. I don't care who's in the White House. That doesn't make my decision. See, we, we get so caught. I'm not saying put your head in the sand and ignore silly stuff. But I am saying this. Who are we? Who are we? Oh, my God. I am who God says that I am. I believe he came that I might have life. I believe to see the goodness of the Lord. And I believe that my mission and all that I do with my purpose is to reach my world with life, go into all the world and preach the gospel. 
The culture of the kingdom of God is found in Nehemiah. The God of heaven will prosper us. Therefore, we will arise and build. The seeds of ownership and possession are found when you allow the core values to be your driving force. And what are the core values? Love. Core values here at the church. Love. It creates action and establishes value. Honor. It reveals our attitude and respect towards God and man. It's our value system. Serve. It's the way we bless and treat others. It acknowledges other people have value as well. And number four, give. It demonstrates our faith in God because when you give, it creates value for not only you, but for those that you give to. Love, honor, serve, and give. We have the word of the Lord. We don't need to run around saying, I I need something to drive me. We've got the word of God that we are driven by. I said we have the word of the Lord that we're driven by. I challenge you today to reevaluate yourself. Examine your life. and examine. I've been doing it for the last three months in particular. I've made up my mind. I'm as strong this day as the day I began. I don't make decisions based upon natural things, but upon what, what God's word said to me. I'm not worried about the giants because their defense is gone. Where sin abound, grace does much more abound. Greater is he that's in me. See, we throw that around. We, we need to get a hold of this thing. We need to wake up in the morning, shake ourselves. It's time that we We're so driven that the world in which we live shakes when we walk in it. I want to be living in such a dimension in the kingdom of God that wherever I go, people in the place stop, look, and listen, don't even know why. Come up to you and don't even know why. My wife can tell you, when we travel, we go places, even when we were in New York, the people that would come up and just start talking, they don't know why they're talking to us. I do. It's not because of Rick Thomas. It's because Rick Thomas died to self. And it's now Christ that liveth in me. And I'm driven that wherever I go, I am somebody's hope. Wherever I go, my message is the vehicle for somebody to get out of trouble. That wherever I go, I'm a blessing for someone. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.